Okay. Danny, hello. Uh, hello. We are here for the Nil Nil Football Podcast, episode 27. Uh, this is going to be the 27 Heineken. already? Yes, sir. Uh, this is going to be the Heineken Rivalry Week review. Um, which is still we got technically... sponsored by Heineken already? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, um, we're totally not repeating the same joke from last week. <laughs> oh, that's right. I already did that one. Yeah. Um, technically, the week's still going on because tomorrow we have even more games. Um, actually, a ton more games. <laughs> yeah, I was surprised about that. I really didn't expect for the games to continue today and tomorrow. Yeah. Me neither. Well, I mean, it's almost everybody except for LA playing today and tomorrow. Pretty much. It's just kind of lame that we're not playing. But uh, also because we lost the lead temporarily. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some uh, someone's enjoying their breakfast tacos right now. Yeah, but we'll talk about that later. <laughs> okay, fine. Well, we'll talk about that later, but you can maybe guess who that might be. Yeah. All right, let's start off with uh, the most predictable match of the weekend, uh, Philadelphia versus D.C. United. Yeah, um, well, I guess it's not that predictable because I recall myself saying that D.C. was probably going to beat Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. And boy, was I wrong. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I don't even remember who I predicted. I just remember you, you told me the score, and I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, I think you predicted Philadelphia. I predicted DC. Um, and I basically just went by on what had happened to Philadelphia prior to this game. Uh, they just probably wanted some revenge on someone just for not having won probably their last two games. Yeah. Okay, so let's uh, let's do a quick recap. So in the ninth minute, Bedoya opened the scoring. In the okay. 22nd minute, Carranza, who I said I was about to pick for my fantasy team. And I was like, yeah, nah, I don't think Philadelphia is going to be that dominant. So I didn't pick him. So he scored the second goal in the 22nd minute. In the 25th minute, decides to do a Chilena. <laughs> scores what? the third goal. 37th minute, Bedoya is like, oh, wait, it's my turn again. So <laughs> he scores a second goal, making it 4 0. All right. Uh, extra time. That's already two braces in the first half. Yeah. And extra time in the first half. Uh, you got Ure uh, scoring the fifth goal. And then uh, coming out of the second half in the 59th minute, he's like, you know what? I want another one too. <laughs> so he gets the sixth goal. Uh, and in the 72nd Jeez. minute, Carranza gets his uh, hat trick with the seventh goal. So, I mean, I, we knew DC United was garbage, uh, especially after they fired the coach. Yeah. But, uh, and they they were, but th- at the same time, they... It's, it's, just, it's just one of those games where they, where they fall apart. Yeah. It's but, like everything that could have gone wrong did go wrong. Yeah. The hilarious thing is that they're still above Chicago in the standings. But I think Wait, it's because so you have to be worse than a seven zero. No, 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 no. I don't think it's that. I think it's because we we go through uh, points per game. Oh, okay. And DC's only played seventeen games, while Chicago's played nineteen. Oh, okay. I see. I see. Yeah. And points wise, 
they're the same. Okay, so because DC is behind on games, they get to be yeah. just like 13th instead of 14th. Just like Philadelphia. Uh, they're at 1.74 points per game, and New York is at 1.65 points per game. Mm-hmm. Uh, wait. But that doesn't make sense because no, New York's she... got 18 games and Philadelphia's got 19. Uh, if it worked that way, then no, no, I'm talking New about York... Red Bulls. That doesn't make any way any sense whatsoever. Oh, yeah, Red Bulls it... in first place, but and they have 20 games. Philadelphia's got a better record. Really? Yeah, I mean, if we're going based on what you're saying, Philadelphia should be first and Red Bulls should be second. Or would it go for based on goals for? Goal difference, maybe. Yeah. Like maybe. Oh, the tiebreakers. So total number of wins per match, and then goal differential per match. Mm-hmm. Goals four per match. Fewest Okay, so total number of wins per match. Well, Red Bulls has one twelve more oh, wait, wait, no. and that's one more game than. Oh, okay, so that's, that's it. So. Yeah, it's just because and they won DC more games. DC has five, and okay. Chicago has four. All right, we'll start. We're st- we'll st- ah, we're still learning about the league, apparently. Right? Uh, okay, uh, we, we started this with not that much knowledge yeah. about everything. Yeah. All right, so overall, I'm gonna say I think this is just one of those games where DC falls apart. I don't want to say that they're seven nil bad, but I mean, you don't have. It's a- just one of those games. I feel like. There are so many teams that can have this kind of game, and it's not even the first game that's been this scoreline this season, right? There, there's already been another one like this, right? I think so. I just can't remember who it is. I can't remember either. I'd have to scroll back, but I really don't feel... Um, yeah, I really don't feel like scrolling back and looking at every single one, but I'm pretty sure that there's been at least one other high-scoring game like this. At least this season. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, the only interesting thing besides that, like congratulations to Philadelphia, their goal difference went up by a bunch. It's still not enough to get... Uh, actually, no, they, they do have a better goal difference than New York, but uh, they scored one less goal even after that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah. um, the, the main news that I think yeah. just was announced today was that Wayne Rooney has been appointed the head coach of DC United after leaving Derby County. Yeah, I did see that, and I was going to ask you about that if there was any, like what what you knew about that because I just saw the article today. Well, it's just really random because uh, based on how good of a job he did in Derby County, one would assume that he either get a better job in the championship mm-hmm. or like at least one of the lower jobs in. Um, in the Premier League, like if Frank like Lampard got coach. fired, uh, Wayne Rooney could have probably totally taken over that job. Yeah, which honestly, I feel like it's prob- something that could happen this season. I yeah. feel like Lampard could end up getting sacked from Everton, and if Wayne Rooney was still maybe in the Championship or just still in England, uh, he probably could take over Everton. Yeah, but anyway, um, yeah, people are surprised, especially given that DC is one of the worst teams in the league, um, and he uh, 
He came from Darby County, who had had ownership issues, like they didn't handle their money responsibly, so they ended up mm-hmm. getting a points deduction at the beginning of the season. I forgot how many points mm-hmm. it was, but it was a decent amount, like three or four games worth. Oh, um, that, that's a lot. That, and that would make it pretty difficult. He still almost kept them up. Really? Yeah. So, like, even with that, he couldn't really sign any players. He had to just use whatever he had, and he still made them decently competitive. Um, so right. that's, why, that's why I'm saying, like, based on that, you would have thought he would have gotten a better job in the same league or a Premier League job. But I guess it just came out of nowhere that he goes back to D.C. United after being a player there. Um, yeah. And uh, I honestly don't know what to think about it. Like, yeah, he's a good coach. Maybe he'll uh, right the ship, considering they just lost 7-0. I don't think that's the kind of game mm-hmm. you want to come into, right? <laughs> Yeah. Um, Here's the thing. In my opinion, for Wayne Rooney, just based on what you've mentioned right now, it sounds like he's a decent coach. Sounds like yeah. he knows what he's doing. And the real question is, it's not can he coach, but can he be the kind of coach that can restructure a team? You know, uh, a project coach that can build from zero? Because I feel like that's what DC need right now well that's what he was doing um, in Derby County yeah so if he can do that here then it'll still be a pretty decent job I, I think you can equate it to something like what he was already doing at Derby and kind of the same level as the the championship at least you know working on DC and if a spot opens up in the Premier League, I feel like this would actually be a good step for him to be here first for DC United. It's not a huge club that you would say like going to Manchester United and being Ollie's big break into the league. You know, you still have to have like a couple of baby steps, go through a couple of other teams and build up your resume and still gain experience as a coach before you hit one of those one of those uh, milestones. So I feel like this is actually a good move for him and most likely a good move for DC as well. Yeah. Um, wish him luck. Hopefully he does well in their first game. Uh, He's going to snub himself in. First game is going to be against Columbus tomorrow. So we'll see. That's that's probably going to be his first game in charge. He literally, oh. I think, just arrived there today. So. Okay, so we really can't judge anything. Yeah, I was going to say that. Take it with tomorrow. a grain of salt, but if they take a win, blame it on Rooney. <laughs> if it's a win, it's because of Rooney. If they lose horribly, it's uh, a rock salt, a mountain of salt. Yes, yes. <laughs> Not a grain. All right, let's go on to the next game that stood out to me, um, which we did watch a bit of it. Um, mm-hmm. Portland versus Seattle. So... Uh, this is a really interesting game. Uh, I think you predicted it to be a tie, didn't you? I did. Yeah, I believe I predicted it to be two-two. Although, you know, I think I, I predicted that. Misremembering. I think I was predicting. You said one. Actually, no. After reading all the stats, I think I switched to Portland. I don't or, remember or something like that. I don't I, know. We, I think I actually no no no. I feel like I said that Seattle was going to win this, actually. I don't think I said it was going to be a draw. We should probably write down our predictions. Huh? <laughs> yeah, maybe, but yeah, I, we could always go back and listen to it. Yeah. Um, I feel like 
from the comments that I remember saying was that usually I'm always saying Portland's going to win and they're probably going to take it. That it's their comeback game. Um, but this time, because it was Seattle, they no longer had any other tournaments to worry about. They were going to be pretty much full force and focused on the game at hand. Um, so I figured that they were going to take this, almost run away with it. Um, and I think I maybe predicted 2-1. Uh, but the game turned out to be something completely different than what I what I had predicted. I didn't yeah. see this happening. Uh, me neither. I mean, you could just look at the timesheet. Portland went up 1-0, but if you really looked at the game, it was kind of back and forth. Uh, but I would <laughs> say Seattle probably had more possession of the ball at that point. And they were getting, yeah. they were looking close to getting an equalizer. Uh, but then, you know, halftime happened. Portland was able to hold on right after halftime. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Reagan from Seattle just decided to get himself sent off. Mm-hmm. It's funny, though, because he had a yellow card right before the half ended. And he came yeah, out getting another one. Yep, he did. So, and- uh, you would think that Portland was super dominant right after that red card, but if anything, I think for about 20, 25 minutes, Seattle was, um, they're actually getting some decent chances. They were able, they were playing just quick passing because they didn't have the men to do a ton of passes and hold possession and move the ball forward. If anything, they were just, as soon as they got the ball on a turnover, they mm-hmm. they all started running forward and they got it to the front as fast as possible. And Yeah, was, there was always a counter attack, like, mentality the whole time yeah. right away uh at times i'd say even that portland looked like they were a man down rather than seattle exactly i think i even mentioned that i was like why does this it look like seattle's got the same amount of people um mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's just it was one of those games where seattle did have the numbers going forward they did have the play going forward it's just the only that thing final touch yeah. that final move it just never Ended up turning into a goal. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I was going to say that they had everything but the chance like or the conversion, right? Exactly. Uh, they had plenty of chances. I think they even hit the post a couple times. But I think they, they did, yeah. They didn't really put any of them away. And Portland, I think, was just a little bit more clinical with their chances. Uh, mm-hmm. Because um, their second and third goals didn't come till the end. Once the second one went in i think seattle kind of deflated because at that point you had 10 minutes to get back into a game that you're losing two nil a man down i don't mm-hmm. think they had the energy in them to just keep the fight going and that's why i think the third goal went in three minutes later because at right. this point and, you know the, the spirit was gone um, oh, of course but it's the biggest margin of victory in the cascadia cup derby i think mm-hmm. uh for portland like this is the most they've ever won versus seattle by like three, just a three goal difference, pretty much. I feel like it's the first three nil or win that they have. Something like, like where that. It, it's a clean sheet. Um, but I think for me, what I noticed was with Portland, this is usually how they played in this game. I wouldn't say that they were overly dominant, but they were definitely decent, decently dominant. Yeah. Um, especially having a man up. Uh, and the way that they were playing in this game is usually what I tend to refer to when I'm predicting 
their games their game score in their favor this is usually what i expect from them uh this kind of level of play even if it's not extremely over dominant that it's still good enough to overwhelm the the opponent um and you know i i said that usually portland ended up getting a red card i even said that in my prediction that most likely portland was going to get a red card in this but it actually ended up going in the opposite direction with Seattle being the ones to get a red card in this match. Yeah. All right. Uh, I think that's pretty much all we need to say about that. Uh, Seattle still in the top 10 of the power rankings for the MLS somehow. <laughs> <laughs> that's because uh, that one championship they've got is never going to let them go below 10. Yeah, because apparently people are still scared to face them. Apparently. Who? Uh, no, that's Not how they Portland. judge. That's how they judge it. Not Portland. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the next game. So, uh, in a game that I think I predicted the correct winner of, which you didn't believe me. Uh, no, I said that this game was going to be a boring old draw. But it ended up being quite the opposite. So, Charlotte versus Nashville ended up with uh, Charlotte winning 4-1. to one. Um, And mm. I think it was pretty convincing at that point. Um, so in the 26th minute, Fuchs ended up scoring a penalty kick, uh, to get the one nil lead. Um, 61st minute, uh, I was going to put Swigolski because, uh, <laughs> that's what I call him. But, uh, Karol Sudersky scored, um, the second goal and in the 67th mm-hmm. minute, Mukhtar converted a penalty kick. 89th minute, Ruiz made it three to one. And in extra time, Shinishiki made it four to one. So, right. Um, I feel like you paid more attention to this game than I did, didn't you? Yeah, and um, the little I remember of it uh, is that Charlotte did look dominant through the throughout the whole thing. Uh, I feel like Nashville most of the time kind of felt lost, like they really couldn't catch the rhythm of the game, and uh, Charlotte ended up by the results taking control of the whole match and dictating the the rhythm and the pace and uh, as you can see it fell in their favor yeah i would say that in the first like the penalty kick goal the foul leading Mm -hmm. up to that i would i would say that's kind of it's kind of harsh but he does make contact he goes down but Mm -hmm. um I think I think they just—they were both slipping. I don't know. It's a stretch. It looks like a dive, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> um. But oh well, one nil. I mean, Nashville ended up getting their own penalty anyway. Yeah, they did. Uh, they at least you know it wasn't a, a complete shutout. Mm-hmm. Um, it'd be different if it was four zero, especially with Nashville having. Uh, some of the best defenders. Although this scoreline doesn't really show that trait Mm -hmm. uh looking at the stats right now i mean charlotte had 62 percent of the possession of the ball they completed 515 passes and had an 84 percent pass accuracy throughout the game um although in the part of shots uh nashville actually had more shots 19 seven of those being on target while charlotte had 13 and six of those on target yeah, I would say it was more of a case that Charlotte ended up just putting more of the chances away than Nashville did. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's probably sort of misleading, but uh, 
Yeah, yeah. No, it's good for Charlotte to get a win. I don't. Th- I feel like they haven't gotten a win since they fired their coach, right? <laughs> yeah, I think I told you that I, that I was hoping that they actually did get a win. Um, and right now, thinking about it, uh, Mukhtar, if I recall correctly, he he had quite a few shots on goal. They just never were close enough to be converted. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Um, I was I was gonna I was looking at the highlights real quick and that that last goal by Shinichi Chiku was an absolute banger from outside the box. Really, and another player that's kind of standing out too is um, Ben Bender. Looks like he got another assist in this game, and he's mm-hmm. looking like a really solid pick. He was the first pick in the you know the college draft. Yeah, for Charlotte, so it looks like they they got a a good pick with him because he's been scoring goals getting assists and he looks like one of the hardest working players on the field so good for that yeah all right let's move, awesome. let's move on to the next one uh we got uh texas texas derby not one of them now because uh, one of them because the other one got played yeah. today yeah so we got houston versus dallas um this is a game that ended up two to two ended up being mm-hmm. a draw uh, one of the notable things is that Ache Ache, uh, Hector Herrera, Aaron ended up making his debut in this game. Uh, he came but on. Did at, he though? I mean, <laughs> that's hard to say. I think he <laughs> he was involved in one of the goals, not an assist, but like in the lead up to the assist. Okay. But um, this game was pretty like standard. It was. 1-1 for a lot of the time. In stoppage time is where it got interesting. So Fereira ended up scoring a goal. I think it was off of a defensive error. And, mm-hmm. you know, you would assume, like, oh, the game's over there. But this game was weird because it had 10 minutes of stoppage time. Or something this like that. This is the one that went into 100 minutes, right? Yeah. Yeah. So in the 101st minute, I think one of Houston's youth uh, players named Hadibi... Uh, he ended up scoring to tie the game 2-2, and it's the latest stoppage time goal in MLS history. That's insane to me, because I'm, I didn't watch the game. I have not even watched the highlights to this, so I'm wondering what happened throughout the game to warrant an 11-minute add-on of stoppage time. It must have been a lot of time wasting or injuries, or maybe there's probably like a couple of fouls that were questionable. That's the main reason that would lead up to that much time being added. But, I mean, we didn't really watch this one that much. I forgot what we were doing at the time. But, yeah. I don't uh, remember. It's I also interesting. Maybe cooking or something. It was also interesting that right before the game ended, a dude got a red card for just, like, it was a second yellow, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you risk getting a red card that late in a game? I mean, sure, it's not going to make a difference in that game, but... If you're an essential player for the team, it's going to affect your next matchup. Yeah, no. All right. Uh, I think that's pretty much covers everything. I mean, good for Achacha to get his debut. Um, <laughs> wasn't, you know, one of the most memorable debuts, but at least it seemed positive. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, for me, I still stand by everything I said. I told you that he just, to me, does not seem to be the kind of player who's going to have that much of an impact on a team, who's going to be a person who's going to influence the the result of any game, uh, and that he usually ends up going missing. And when he does end up having a goal, it's usually just luck being in the right place at the right time. Yeah. 
All right, we're going to move on to Orlando versus Miami. Not a lot to say in this game. They retired the whole time. Uh, but in extra time, yeah. one of the craziest <laughs> own goals you'll ever see, a guy, um, I forgot the name of the defender. I should have probably written that down, but he kicks uh, out the his ball. His name is Damian Lowe. Yeah, okay, so Damian Lowe ends up kicking or swiping his leg at the ball and trying to get a clearance. Somehow it yeah. takes a wicked deflection, ends up going straight into the own net. I mean, if he was trying to score it, it looked like a banger because it went off the top post, <laughs> up and down, up and down, and it went into the net. <laughs> he should have just tie-dyed his jersey in purple. Yeah. But I've never seen a player look more depressed because that dude just like, he froze, put his head down. He looked so sad. I felt so bad for him. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. It's like, usually you laugh at those, but in this case, when the camera went straight to his face, all you wanted to do was feel bad for the guy and tell him, you know what, dude, that's perfectly fine. Don't worry about it. It happens to everybody. Yeah. But I guess it happens. If anything, Miami's, they're still in decent form. I don't think you would take that as a loss because it's just such a freak accident. Mm-hmm. So I, I, they didn't deserve to lose the game. Orlando didn't deserve to win. It's just one of those crazy things where it ended up giving the other team the result. So, yeah, it's disappointing, but it shouldn't really affect your form because you're still playing good at the end of the day. Yeah, you can't really say that it was the actual team's performance that resulted in them losing. If anything, this really looked to be set for a draw. Um, And I feel like both teams would have been okay with coming away with it with just one point. Yeah. If you looked up forgettable result in the dictionary, (laughs) this would be the game. Uh, Miami should just forget about this game, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, it's like out of sight, out of mind. On the other hand, in the in the academy game for Orlando versus Miami, uh, Beckham's son ended up scoring mm-hmm. a free kick. Yeah, and of course, all the all the soccer pages are posting all over about it. <laughs> Immediately, like father, like son. Yeah, stuff like that. When it was, it was an okay free kick. I mean, that's all. I think yeah. he's probably been kicking free kicks this whole season. This is the first one that went in or something. I mean, if he didn't score free kicks, I'd be wondering why not. Yeah. Exactly. But uh, it seems like he's the only one of his kids that's actually interested in playing soccer. So That's like I, Ronaldo's kid not knowing how to score goals. Yeah, but Ronaldo's kid does know how to score goals. Is the thing. Exactly. Because his, he's the son of Ronaldo. All right. Let's move on to the final game, uh, which is Houston again, because they played today. So Austin versus Houston uh, was played today. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're recording all this on a Tuesday, if anybody's wondering. Um, so Austin ends up winning 3-1 to one against Houston um, in the 11th minute. Karaskia actually scores for Houston, making it 1-0. Fagundes then, with an excellent free kick, uh, ties it up at 1-1. And then Ache Ache was subbed in at halftime with okay, Uruti. What did he do? Uh, I don't know. He helped him lose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Uruti ended up scoring the 2-1. to one, And then at the end of the game, from an amazing pass by Ethan Finley, uh, Alex Ring, formerly of NYCFC, ends up scoring the winning goal. I got to say, I'm I'm liking the way Austin's playing right now. They're, they're making some nice plays. I feel like they've always had that potential, but a lot of the times either some of their passes were just not accurate enough to complete the play uh, or they were just playing so, I don't want to say desperate, but 
frantically that it was like their mind was ahead of what yeah the game against positioning uh, the game against seattle and the game against the galaxy spring to mind Mm -hmm. yeah exactly yeah yeah and that's 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 the thing like since they've been playing the whole season they've really had this at their core like this style of play um and i feel like in this game it's really coming together yeah i feel like um wolf i think is the name of the coach Mm it's finally getting it together they're finally playing like how he wants them to play uh last season they finished at the bottom turns out they were probably never a bottom table team it just took taking it took a minute to get all the pieces together to get everything working like how he wants it and now they're flying um currently yeah. they're top of the league but that's only because we don't play you know lfc doesn't play in the mid middle of the week so austin's gonna finish the week in uh, in first. first place so they can they can enjoy it while it lasts we'll, we'll see after lfc plays against nashville on sunday who's gonna be at the top of the table right um but yeah uh seemed like a decent game to watch tomorrow i might check out the um, the Han- san jose galaxy game the cali classico Oh, that's going to be a good Yeah, those, those games are always crazy. All right, let's move on finally to the biggest game of the weekend. Uh, your favorite title, El Tráfico. <laughs> no, no. Okay, no. El Clásico Aquilino. No. That, that one? There we go. All right. <laughs> uh, LAFC versus the Galaxy, where LAFC finally won this season after three games. Uh, yeah, I mean, finally won, but at a point it seemed like the news could have turned around. Yeah. yeah. It's always the usual. So LFC won three to two. Um, seventeenth minute, Cifuentes ended up heading a goal from a corner mm-hmm. kick. And Galaxy apparently didn't know how to defend. They just let him walk in there. And yeah, nobody him. was marking him. Yeah. Uh, after that, LFC was pretty dominant. A lot of high press. I remember you telling me that you really liked what you saw there because they mm-hmm. were actually looking dominant. They're getting the ball back, putting it into dangerous areas. It's just the final pass that was missing, right? Yeah, it was completely different to if I had to compare it to the other games that we've had against the Galaxy. And Mm -hmm. honestly, it was completely different to the majority of the approaches that we've had to the other games. Most of the time, we always have the players chasing the ball and chasing the players. This time it was you have one player confronting um, one of the opponents and then a second player coming immediately to increase the, the pressure. And I really, really like that style of play. Uh, sure, it's going to end up using up more energy from the team, but at the same time, you are minimizing the amount of chances and um, crowding up the passing lanes so that the opponent, in this case, Galaxy, not not having any opportunities to move forward. Yeah. Um, so... After the first goal, like I said, LFC was more or less the better team of the two, although Galaxy still had their decent chances. I think uh, there was one play where Galaxy was doing some nice passing. They were able to get all around their defense, and they were able to put mm-hmm. a, a player in one-on-one against the goalie, and Crepeau ended up making a fantastic save by dropping low and getting a final touch when it seemed like the ball was going in. Um yeah. So good for him. I feel like that's what we got him for to make those clutch saves when it seems like they're supposed to score. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm happy to see that. Um, after yeah, half- he definitely seemed to have his mind more in the game this time around. Um, I don't feel like his approach was like 
the other times you know how you said that he's more used to constantly having action coming from vancouver always being shot at um and then as opposed to with la there's more of a waiting time in between attacks uh, so i feel like this time around he was a bit more dialed in and as a whole one thing i want to say i'm surprised about and also impressed is that in the first 20 minutes we're the ones that ended up scoring rather than being scored on yeah you know? just so how it's finally, supposed to be. finally it's the other way around it's like they've reduced their warm-up time from 20 minutes or 25 minutes to 15 because the goal came in at the 17th minute and it it really showed that potential that i think we all know that they've had and can do but it's just come a lot sooner than most of the other times. Yeah. All right. So after halftime, uh, I would say the, the form continued. We we're back and forth, back and forth pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, I think at one point, probably in the 50th minute, uh, Galaxy just started piling on the pressure. It looked like mm-hmm. LFC was doing a lot of that last-ditch defending that we used to seeing. The yeah. annoying thing is that LFC against the Galaxy, not only do they do the last-ditch defending, but at the same time, they somehow also manage to just ball watch the whole time. Yeah, that and you get, like, those tr- double and triple commits on... On, on one a, player leaving a bunch of on Galaxy one player. players open. Exactly, so we'll have, like, three, four players covering one guy, and they're all huddled up in the same area, so it's not like they're even creating any sort of like bubble for that player not to have more passing lanes no they're just crowded up in the same little spot and let's say they're on the left and he had the galaxy player is going to have the whole right side to pass it to and that's exactly what happened in this case right yeah pretty much actually it was on the left side but it's because it was Efrain Alvarez. He was coming back from the right side of the field, cutting back, mm-hmm. um, getting chased down by our players. But we left the whole left side of the field unattended, so he was able to pass it in behind. Uh, mm-hmm. so I forgot. I forgot who was back there. Um, but then they just laid it off to Grandier, who ended up just kicking it straight at the goal. And the only reason this ball went in is because Murillo yeah. was in front of Crepo and that threw him off. But I think Crepo was done a in front job. of Crepo, and I believe there was another player from the Galaxy right behind Murillo. I know, but I think if just Crepo put his body in the way, he would have saved it. I feel like, yeah, I feel like if he would have dove for it, then he would have actually yeah. stopped even it. if he like, didn't he see just it, blocked it with his yeah. leg. Even if he didn't see it, as long as he knew the direction, mm-hmm. if he would general just, direction, yeah. yeah. If he just dove, I think he would have blocked it because it was it literally rolled in. Yeah, because it's not like it was going that fast either. Nope. And I feel like he had a pretty decent amount uh, of view in the area that it was coming from. Yep. Um, but yeah, it was kind of... We it's so frustrating too because we were finally playing like how we're supposed to be playing, and there's just little moments like that always happen. And they turn the mm-hmm. green ground for the galaxy, and they keep thinking they're going to win the game at that point. Um, yeah, and that's where I tell you that it really is less about the the goals and and the tactics, and more about the mentality. Because if this doubt starts to seep in as soon as they get scored on once, then it's easier for them to lose the game, which by the result, you can see that they were getting to that point. Whoops. Uh, yeah. But, okay. After this goal, I think there was the fifth next 15 minutes 
were probably the worst gameplay I've ever <laughs> seen in my life. Like both teams did not know how to make a pass whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, I think it was turnover after turnover after turnover. They kept it. It was if a game could be a roller coaster, it would be this section of the game because like mm-hmm. you'd get somebody like Hollingshead. He would you know predict where the galaxy was going to pass the ball he would intercept it immediately give a pass it straight to the galaxy play <laughs> oh my god yes and I that, that happened i don't even know how many times and it was so frustrating yeah. because like you said you see that happening you cheer because we stopped an attack and then immediately gave it away yeah the, the annoying thing is that that kept happening in our own area it's not like we were giving the ball away in their half like they're yeah, pressing us we took it over we gave it right back to them in our own half and yeah, but after it got given to them, I feel like, if I remember correctly, the ball always ended up getting kicked out of bounds, so it just turned into a, a throw-in for the Galaxy. Yeah, and it was uh, it was really frustrating. I mean, I'm sure Galaxy fans were frustrated too because their team was doing the exact same thing. They were cutting off our passing lanes, getting the ball, and then passing it straight back to us. So it was just more right. like... It, it, was, it was a scrappy part of the game, probably very forgettable, super frustrating to watch. But luckily, mm-hmm. in the 70th minute, you know, finally broke. One of the players who did, was able to make a couple of passes throughout the game, Cifuentes, um, <laughs> ended up scoring the goal to get us a 2-1. to one. So Vela was on the right side of the field, ended up cutting in. We thought he was going to score one of his legendary, you know, left-footed goals yeah, into the far goal. post. Um, and certainly seemed like he was trying that, but it was at a perfect angle for a center that all mm. Sifu had to do was just get a touch on it. And I was able to throw off the goalie enough to get a second goal. I, I, I much prefer the second goal or the first one because it just, it looks better. It felt better. It was so fast. It was beautiful, you know? Yeah, it definitely had more of a decisive feeling when it came to intent of scoring. Uh, and if Sifuentes would have not intercepted that pass and headed the ball in, I feel like uh, Galaxy's goalie would have caught that shot from Vela. I don't think that we would have been celebrating a second goal. I think we would have just seen another attempt at goal. But Cifuentes really just coming in and headering it with so much power uh, really just did feel like, oh, yeah, we're winning this game this time, you know? Yeah. And it really felt that way two minutes later when uh, Sifu again um, ended up uh, taking the ball away. I think he did a sliding tackle to poke the uh, the ball out of um, the Galaxy mm-hmm. player's legs. And it ended up... I forgot. It was one of the midfield players and ended up going to... Um, and they ended up passing it to Vela. Vela and Chicho have some kind of like telepathic connection at this point of, yeah. for the amount of assists that Vela's gotten for him. And he lays the ball off to Chicho, who still has a decent amount of work to do. He was 1v2. And mm-hmm. he runs diagonally away from the goal and ends up shooting to the other post, the far post, and slots right. in the bottom corner. Um, I really like goals like that because not only do you have to be super accurate with how you hit it, but like the mm-hmm. fact that it rolled along the floor the whole time and didn't even... He hit it hard yeah. enough to hit it, it with speed along the ground. Yeah, it was a wide angle that he ended up going for. Yeah, but especially with... How the momentum of the game was going, it just it was like the cherry on top. Like, oh yeah, we're finally winning this game. You know, finally running away with it. Um, Chicho runs to the corner, fall ends up putting him on his shoulders. We got one of the best pictures there of Chicho being on his shoulders. Yeah, Kalina running onto the field just to celebrate when he <laughs> easily could have gotten a yellow card for that. I don't think they ever actually did take it out on him, but uh, yeah. 
I love to see how happy he looks. Um, and you know, this goal came in right after Galaxy ended up uh, making two substitutions and bringing on fresh legs onto the field. No. Uh, I feel like they thought it was going to benefit them, especially with a more exhausted LAFC. Uh, but because the players that he was bringing in weren't like for like, it ended up kind of drawing away from whatever game plan they started with. And it really opened up the opportunity for Chicho to do what he usually does and actually get past the defenders and, and be a bit more open and have the opportunity to shoot. Yeah. Um, so that was three to one. You would think uh, we would actually <laughs> go on to score a couple more, but instead the usual happens where LFC gets a little bit nervous and their defending gets a little bit sloppy. Um, and the Galaxy ended up scoring one. Or they, they ended up getting one back in the 81st minute. Revelison headering a ball in. To be fair, he did beat Ibeaga to the ball. But yeah. also, to be fair, Ibeaga didn't jump whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, and the thing is that... Um, I don't remember if I mentioned it to you, but usually after they gain somewhat of a, a lead, uh, I feel like the team ends up relaxing a little bit too much. You know, it's like, oh, we, we've got a 3-1 lead. We can relax or just maybe the overjoy of having scored and actually having that much of a lead might have them not pay attention as much as they were before that goal. Um, and that kind of l opens up the door for the opponent, in this case the Galaxy, to end up pressing a bit more when they're attacking. And that'll just make LAFC jump into some sort of scramble and not really fall into place and play in the rhythm that they were before. Uh, and I feel like that's what ended up happening here, and that's why we ended up conceding that second goal. I think so, too. And Crippo was actually getting frustrated because I could see him. There's a couple yeah, of close calls before that. Yeah, he was yelling the whole time. He's like, bro, what are you guys doing? You guys are just standing there watching. Like, You could tell their heads were gone a little bit, so he was just kind of trying to yeah, yell at exactly. them to kind of hold it back together and luckily after this goal it seemed more of a wake-up call usually mm -hmm. in the past where a goal like this would happen i feel like we would just get even worse but i think this kind of woke them up a bit and they started like oh yeah we got to defend decently at least so we were all hold we were able to hold out the game and luckily we we i would say we scraped out a 3-2 win i want to say it was yeah. as dominant as we thought it would be this wasn't this wasn't as convincing as you would want it but it's a Big improvement from the previous games. A big improvement um, in terms of we actually won. <laughs> well, apart from the win, just gameplay overall, I feel like it was more cohesive with the whole team and they actually stuck to a plan. Yep. Uh, as opposed to the other times, it kind of seems like they start off with a plan and as soon as they get scored on, plan goes thrown off out the window, the building's on fire, and they're just running after the ball and trying to do whatever they want uh, in terms of trying to do something to win. Uh, but usually that always ends up leading them to maybe commit more fouls and they're getting yellows and maybe having more turnovers. But in this case, it, it really did seem like you said that they kept their head in the game, that they ended up keeping their minds cool and not getting so frustrated. Quite the opposite. I, I think... 
uh, Acosta was trying to frustrate another player from the galaxy, right? Yeah. So, you know, that's the way that they should do it. Instead of them getting frustrated, just try to frustrate the opponent. Yeah. Uh, another thing that came out of this match, um, apart from the match, like uh, Gareth Bale was finally introduced to the fans in this game before the game started. So the 3252 was in right. the stadium. Uh, Gareth Bale went to meet him, and they're doing the loudest Gareth Bale chant. And I think he was really impressed by what he saw. Especially this being his first game, he finally got to witness them cheering for the whole 90 minutes. And I've seen a couple of interviews of him after, and he keeps talking about how impressive it was for him to see fans like that. Like He's seen videos of them before, but seeing it in person was a different experience for him, and he really enjoys it, and he can't wait to play in front of the fans. That's awesome. That's a really good thing for um, us to hear from him and to know that he's enjoying it that much and that he's impressed by the fans. That's really good because that's what you really want. You want him to feel motivated and have a reason to want to play for the team. And to for him to know that the team is always going to be behind the players, that's always a good thing. Yeah. Um, interesting thing here also because uh, I would say we finally were able to lock up Chicharito in this game because I didn't really see much of him. I think the only thing he did was that passing <laughs> sequence that led to that save from Kerpo that I talked about in the first right. half. But besides yeah. that, I mean, he was invisible. I didn't really see him at all. Yeah, no, he really wasn't too, too around. I feel like he had to drop back a lot to get touches on the ball, uh, as opposed to other times where he gets to play up top and just wait for someone to give him either a long ball or uh, be at the end of a combination of passes. So, uh, yeah, we definitely did good in shutting him out and not making him an available option for Galaxy when they were trying to build up their attack. Yeah. All right. Um, The last thing I want to hit on is that the MLS, the um, Mm All-Stars, were officially announced. Let's see if if I can find the roster real quick. Let's see, let's see. Oh, there it is. Okay, so uh, for the forwards, we got Paul Ariola, which I think it's well-deserved. He's been really good this season, especially in combination with Jesus Ferreira. They've been a really good pair. Uh, He's played 18 matches, and he's already got... uh, He scored eight goals so far, which is not bad. In five consecutive matches. Yeah. Uh, next one is Tati Castellanos, who I think he was just going to get in based on star power for NYCFC. Eh, mid. Jesus Ferreira. Um, like I said, with that partnership with Paul Ariola, I think if you had one of them, you had to have the other as well. Yeah. Um, I they think... just play so well together. Yeah. I think Funtas, or Fantas, I don't know how you say his name, but um, he's one of the new players for DC United. Like, he, he recently just got there, and mm-hmm. he's already hit the ground running. Like, nine goals and three assists, that's not bad. But none of those came in that last game. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Chicharito for the Galaxy, I do not know why he's in there. Like, yes, he's a star, but he hasn't really done much. If anything, they should have put Jovalich, who's his counterpart, like the other striker that Galaxy has. He, I think he deserves it more. Yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, Jordan Morris uh, for the Seattle Sounders. Uh, I don't know. I don't know I mean, why he's, he's in workhorse. here. Either. 
he's yeah. a workhorse, you know, so I, t- I feel like you can always get something out of him, no matter what. Yep. Uh, Raul Rui Diaz, I think that's a good shout. He's one of the best strikers <laughs> in the league. Yeah, and that game that with Portland, he really was trying his hardest. And honestly, I think I remember seeing one moment where he was taking either on two or three guys at the same time and almost got through. No. Vela? Carlos Vela for LAFC, one of our players. Uh, I mean, it kind of. It, if you base this on last year, he didn't deserve to go. But if you base this on this, this year, six goals and eight assists. That's not bad, mm-hmm. is it? No, that's not too bad. Yeah. Um, so I'm happy with him going. Hopefully, you know. Maybe work, the only reason there. that Chicharito's there is because the Carlos Vela thing. Yeah, maybe have some sort of link up in that. Well, these are all fan voted, so. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Yeah. Uh, midfielders, uh, Luciano Acosta. I think he's been heavily involved in why FC Cincinnati isn't garbage at all this year. Yeah, he definitely has been a key player. Uh, I have him as part of my fantasy squad, and I actually threw him in there after we ended up facing Cincinnati, and uh, he just demolished you know, the, the team. Um, he's been very impressive. Yep, and he's got ten assists so far, so that's yeah. not bad. Uh, that's next, great. next up is Sebastian Driussi, who has hit the ground running ever since he arrived in uh, Austin. Uh, he's mm-hmm. got eleven goals so far, which is not bad. Yeah, and he's always seems to be involved in a goal some way somehow. Yep. All right, next up, Carlos Hill. I mean, he's the assist master, so why wouldn't you add him? <laughs> <laughs> of course. He's got 10 assists so far already, too. Uh, you got Hani Mukhtar, which is Nashville's best player. I think all the fans, if they had a vote for a player, they voted him in. Mm-hmm. Um, right. I'm talking about Nashville fans. Yeah. I don't think he's been as prolific as he was last season, though. No, the only thing I keep in mind is just that game he had against San Jose. But then again, yeah. it was against a very bad San Jose, so... Yeah. Darlington Nagby made the squad, which I don't know why, because Columbus isn't that great right now. But, I mean, mm-hmm. if you had to pick one of the best players from that team that's not Zelarayan, it's probably him, right? Yeah, true. Uh, you got Emmanuel Reynoso from Minnesota United. Um, he hasn't been, um, like, overall, he hasn't been great. But in the last couple of games, I think he's really turned up the heat, um, getting... Mm-hmm. Seven goals and five assists. That's not bad. Yeah, but I think the, all of that is in the most recent matches. I don't think like in the he started off slow. I would say. Well, I mean, even if he started slow, that he's improved already. It's better, uh, especially going into the All Star team. Yeah. All right. So uh, our second yeah. player for LAFC, yeah, Ilya Sanchez. Who I think has been one of our best midfield players, not just this season, but overall, like in the whole time that we've existed. Although recently his games haven't been that great, but overall, I'd say I'm really happy with him as a player. Um, yeah, the Vancouver game. Yeah, exactly. But I don't think anybody could read the game better than he does. He's just always in the no, right place, it, the right time. Even even with his bad games, he always is involved in goals. Accepting uh, <laughs> <Not> <laughs> in goals. <laughs> He's always involved in recovering the ball. Uh, Like, we always talk about how he is so quick 
to appear in different parts of the field for someone who's not really running that much. Yeah. Um, but he just happens to appear in all sorts of parts of the field and somehow always ends up getting at least one touch on the ball in a build-up. Yeah. Uh, next up, Julian Araujo from LA Galaxy. This one makes sense because I think he's one of their better players. Um, mm-hmm. Has a lot of speed. Gets up the field, very good at attacking sense. Even defensively, his speed allows him to recover quickly. So I can see why he's getting in there. Then you got yeah. Alexander Callens from New York City FC. I don't really know much about him. I don't watch NYCFC that much. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't tell you much either. Uh, moving on to Aaron Long, who was actually picked by the coach of this squad to be in the team. Um, I guess with uh, the Red Bull sitting at the top of the table, he probably has something to do with that, right? Right. Uh, Kamal Miller. Kamal Miller from Montreal. I mean, Montreal is one of those up and down teams. They have like good and bad games. Uh, but I do know that he's one of the the key pieces to that team. So I don't I don't have yeah. a problem with that. Yeah, the, the description th- that you gave is what I usually say every week about them, except for where this past week, and it turns out they proved me wrong. They yeah. actually lost. Um, then we got Chiqui Palacios, who was also picked by the coach. To play in the no. team, so um, this is he has had a pretty good round of games the last like three games. Yeah, he's very dynamic going forward. Um, his passing, I feel like his centering has gotten a lot better. Mm-hmm. Right, we got Wagner, Kai Wagner, Kai Wagner from Philadelphia Union. He is a no-brainer easily. Yeah. Uh, DeAndre Yedlin, who was the coach's pick. Besides being the coach's pick, I don't think there's a reason for him to be any. No, <laughs> there really isn't. There I mean, really isn't. Walker Zimmerman, I mean, what else is there to say? He's one of the defensive players, like one of the best ones in the league. Why wouldn't you bring him? Right. All right, so uh, the voted-in goalkeeper is uh, Andre Blake, of course. Mm-hmm. I think everybody would argue that he's the best goalkeeper in the league easily. Easy. Um, then you got Sean Johnson, who is also up there, but that mm-hmm. was picked by the commissioner to be in the team. And then the coach ended up picking Dane, Dane Sinclair, Sinclair, which it's kind of exciting. I think he's one of the most underrated goalkeepers. I think lately. he's earned it. Yep, he's earned it. You know, for for jumping in to the starting keeper role, mm-hmm. he's had some really impressive saves. Yep. Let's see. Oh, that's an interesting lineup for for the All Star team. I'm trying to figure out who the coach is. The coach is someone. I have no idea, actually. Or is it a surprise? <laughs> Maybe it's a surprise. I, I really can't tell. Adrian Heath. Adrian Heath. Oh, that's right. From Minnesota. Interesting. It's not bad. Interesting. It is interesting. He's the head coach because I th- I'm guessing wherever they host the the MLS All-Star game, the coach of that team the is the All-Star coach. Mm, okay. But uh, I mean that's all I'm going to cover. Like I don't I don't have any other topics to bring up. You got anything? Um, not much other than the women's Euro tournament is really exciting. 
I'm enjoying watching those matches. Uh, they're high scoring, some of them, not all of them. But the Norway uh, England game. <laughs> that Norway England game uh, was an unexpected 8 0 in favor of England. That was surprising and entertaining and saddening at the same time. So many emotions. Uh, today's ter- uh, game between Germany and Spain was really good, really exciting. So for those of us out there that are missing the World Cup in the summer, uh, I would suggest to tune into the women's tournaments. Uh, may it be this Euro tournament, may it be the Copa America in South America, the either one. May I, it I think. be the NWSL. <laughs> Ex- yeah, that too. <laughs> I forgot we, we forgot to talk about Angel City defeating. Yeah, the, there's just so much football going on at this moment. It, yeah, and just because the really boys aren't nice. playing doesn't mean they're in good soccer. Exactly. And plus, they're flopping all the time. And I've been looking at the girls play and there's a lot less flopping. Exactly. So if you guys are tired of seeing players be glorified actors on the floor, uh, tune into women's soccer. Especially if you like seeing players hit each other. Yeah, (laughs) that's true. Because they're very aggressive. So it's very entertaining to watch. I mean... Yes, I mean, they, they do have a long way to go to catch up to the men's game, but, I mean, if more of us watch, the faster that transition will be. So, um, yeah. if anything, we've enjoyed the last World Cups. I think we watched the Euros before that, too, sort of. But um, Yeah, I've, I want to say we've watched two Women's World Cups and at least two Euro tournaments. Yeah, so every every new tournament, the... the the quality of the play gets better the players get better um so it's great to see the women's game grow i mean who what's not to like about more soccer anyway so please join exactly. us in watching we'll be keeping track of the euros um all the way to the end yeah i'm, and, I'm going to keep watching these the whole and time we'll, and i'll be bringing up the scores at the end of uh, our coverage yeah all right so are we good for today then uh, yeah, I think so. I feel like we've um, covered everything. Unless you have any transfer news that we don't know about? Uh, lately, no. There's just rumors. Lately, I mean, there's Barcelona is pulling money out of nowhere because they're going to yeah. sign Rafinha, but they're also signing Dembele because he's on free contract, so they're re-signing him again. Mm-hmm. Um nobody knows where they're getting this money from because they're broke they're like two billion in debt or something (laughs) well weren't they relying on the sale of players but then you've got players failing their medicals yeah and then de young to man united is agreed but de young the player is not agreed because he wants to stay and uh he can't go to man united also because barcelona owes him 20 million in wages as well so i I don't know what's going on with him yeah it doesn't sound like he's gonna be going anywhere sounds suspicious that's all i'm gonna say yeah uh i'd look into that but well let's see what else develops by the time we end up uh, uploading another episode for sure all right uh, that's going to be it for us today. Please join us on the next episode later this week where we probably review all the midweek matches that are happening tomorrow um, as the rest of the rivalry week continues. So I'll uh, catch you guys in the next episode. Late. <laughs> later. <laughs>